everybody. This is The Simpsons Show. I'm Robbie with my co-host Matt, and we are here to talk about The Simpsons movie for the last time. Finally. Matt, how are you? I am fantastic. I am uh, glad for this to be over with, although our last act today is just the wrap-up, so, you know. Yeah, there's not... We're stretching a bit. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I will... We'll, we have some discussion, I think, uh, just about the movie in general after now that we finish it. Um, but yeah, we'll talk about the movie today, the third part. We are brought to you by supporters on Patreon. You can support us by going to patreon.com slash The Simpsons Show for only two hours a month. Gain access to all of our bonus content, which is there's hundreds of hours of Matt and I babbling. Our bonus episode for this month is going to be us discussing the continued evolution of Homer and the Cartridge family. We're in season nine now. We've watched Homer change as a character through the first eight seasons. Uh, now we're going to look at the, the downturn. I guess we're going to watch Homer slowly deteriorate into a caricature of himself. Yes. Um, but we do have some people to thank Matthew. Ooh, the best people in the world. I love those Ooh. people. First we have Lazarus. Thank you, Lazarus. Not, not Lazarus, but Lazarus and Peter, Peter Savin, Peter Savin. Thank you, Peter. Thank you, Peter. This week we are discussing the third part, our final, the final chapter of the movie. Uh, the last 20-ish minutes or so, um, we left off with Homer uh, going on a vision quest with a shaman, a medicine woman, who didn't get a name, and Homer realizing Never he will. Sh- uh, she's referred to as Boob Lady, because we can't stand giving people names. Yeah, I, I mean, to be fair, Matt, like, what name would they give her that's not more offensive than, like... I feel I like mean, they, they could have given her, like, gone to the people of Alaska, the native peoples of Alaska and said, hey, what's a common name for uh, your Matt, people? No, All Matt, right, we'll okay, give her that name. Matt, let, let me stop you. That sounds like a lot of work. You know, talking to someone. I guess you're not wrong. It's really hard. I mean, it's easier just to call her boob lady and have her just give her big boobs. Is it, like that's And that's her defining. And she uses them in this, the final third of the movie as well. At least if you would pr- presume that that's actually her in the sky and not just Homer's hallucination. Yeah. Who knows? Well. Uh, we, but we, that's where we left off. Homer realizing, hey, maybe I shouldn't be such a jerk all the time. That's literally. Well, I mean, that's that's asking a lot of a teen years, Homer. I guess that's fair. Uh, but we start we start off with I'll say this, Matt. This is me going, hey, I'll give you credit for this. The Simpsons movie because uh, we gave them a lot of. Um, guff in our last episode because they were crossing the border on a train and wouldn't the government find them well yeah they did actually because that's the first thing that starts the rest <laughs> Car- Russ cargill and his agents are there waiting for the simpsons family when they uh their train arrives in seattle so hey i give you i give you pl- a, pl- a check mark give the simpsons movie a check mark for that they got it. they they did they made logic sense. they maybe they slipped across the border on the way out because you know there wasn't a tight rein on them yet they, they come back in they get caught okay that makes sense characters do something dumb they have to pay for it makes sense um now man i'm gonna ask you a question oh no how how do you feel about long montages involving homer hmm well it depends is homer doing something heartfelt and sweet and wonderful for his family and suffering to save them or is it full of homer doing wacky stuff that makes no sense uh this time it's it's b all of it's b oh well then b, but unfortunately i don't think we we don't get only a 
at all. <laughs> we get A with some B mixed in at best in the last in the last part of this movie. Um, but Homer is dog sledding across Alaska. Okay. Yeah. I guess it's a risk for him to take normal transportation. I, I guess. Uh, but here's the thing that the movie did not uh, resist is just animal abuse. <sighs> just yeah. just a lot of it because homer is whipping dogs telling them to go faster uh they there is a, a sequence here where they jump he tells the dogs to jump off of a cliff and they just fly for a while which is i guess okay it's an okay gag but there is mm. just constant whipping of dogs and i don't i don't appreciate that we don't cotton to that i don't appreciate that the dogs do get their revenge they do attack homer pretty savagely and then run away but this like at this point it's like i have watched too much of the i this is the conclusion i came to matt when i watched a lot of this third third part and and basically my thoughts on the movie as a whole is like watching like season 16 17 18 in a row and then watching the movie i i know i i recognize all the thing i recognize their the tropes i recognize what they do you know i recognize oh just the endless montages to fill time the you know the pointless animal abuse using you know a minority character without giving them a name you know as a plot device basically and it's a thing we get in these teen season years over and over and over again and now i see them in the movie just plain as day and i don't think i like the movie as much as i used to <laughs> no because the more you look at it the more you realize that, oh the movie was good overall when you first saw it uh you probably thought the same thing i did i i saw it later i mean it was probably 2010 2011 before i saw it uh and i thought it was good but something seemed off and now after analyzing it for so long i realize what's off and it's that homer just acts like a crazy person the rest of the family gets these amazing heartfelt plots lisa is kind of left out in the dark with the colin thing but bart and marge have these amazing plots and Homer should be part of the Marge one, but he's not. And they just, they lost their ability to get humor from the heartfeltness rather than just injecting it randomly. And I don't know if it's because they lost that ability or because they thought that's what the market wanted or what, but I guess we just have to deal with it. Yeah. It's not there. Homer is not uh, a character and I, and they really try and paint. They try and give him this arc where, he has a spirit journey and realizes maybe I shouldn't be a selfish jerk, but that's not really much of an arc when literally the next scene we get from Homer is him whipping dogs. And you're like, oh, they just they had a joke about this. So they included it. They didn't go, well, we should do something else that makes more sense. They just did it anyway. Uh, but the dogs run off. Homer's left abandoned. He's about to give up when he sees boob lady in the sky uh, as an hallucination or she's really there. I don't know. They don't say. It doesn't matter. They. This is just a joke for her to point in the proper direction for Homer to walk with her boobs. Of course. I would also like to take this opportunity, Matt, and remind... And this is happens. It's, it's absolutely absurd. And there's no ex explanation for it. And I, you just have to accept it. But I have to add, like, Alaska and also Canada are very big places. Yeah, I mean, even if Homer had and the family had barely made it to Alaska, it's a long way back to any part of the continental U.S. You're a, you're a ways away from anything, not just the U.S. or not just Springfield, wherever it may be. You're a, if you're like walking from Alaska through Canada, there ain't nothing there. There's like little tiny towns and a lot of nature and a lot of nothing. 
You're not gonna like where like how did Homer just walk across? Was he? That would take it would take weeks or months to do that, and we just it just jumps into like literally like what the next day or two days later. <sighs> okay, so because that's literally what we get. We get a jump cut. Homer at Springfield. The boob. The, the he, he's boob. made it. He has made it there before the family who has been captured by the U.S. government and trucked there from Seattle. Yes. Homer walking. And it's just like, okay, I guess we're just letting, we have to do the work in our head. I, I guess Homer caught a, like, hoboed, hoboed on a train or something, you know, <laughs> got there somehow. Like, there's no way he walked. Um, So Homer intercepts the convoy. He, he, he hears Lisa's saxophone. This is, which is, I feel like, again, this is like, there's some narrative cheating here. Where they're like, oh, well, we need to know, we need Homer to know that they are in this vehicle. Uh, well, Lisa's played her saxophone. Why does Lisa have her saxophone with them? Like, that doesn't make any sense. Like, well, you see, Robbie, Lisa is famous for her saxophone. It, it really, but so that's... Therefore, she has to have it. I mean, that's literally the explanation. Is like, that's, well, that's what people recognize about Lisa. She plays the sax. Okay. Uh, there is maybe my, this is my, uh, a good... There is a good bit here, a good gag that I, I do like a lot, um, because Homer realizes they're in this convoy and tries to knock the truck over with a wrecking ball. Lisa, knock off that racket! Lisa! They captured my family! What do I do? What do I do? There's something strange about that SOP sign. Did you hear something? Probably just a moth. I hope it's okay. So Homer drives has a wrecking ball uh, uh, and is and drives it towards the truck, which I know they didn't think about this map, but if that wrecking ball hit that truck, the family would be destroyed. They would be killed oh, absolutely. in a second. And, and the thing is, the way pendulums work, if it didn't hit the truck, there's no way it would hit Homer. Like, it wouldn't have the energy Matt, to get back and hit Matt, him. Matt. But I know, I know, I know. You complained about science, so I'm going to complain about fair science. Fair enough, that's fair enough. There's a lot of it. There's a lot of... There's. <laughs> I, we're going to just say that the rest of this movie, one, there, we have almost no clips, because there's very little talking. There's almost yeah. no talking. There's very little dialogue in the last 20, 25 minutes of this movie. It is all action scenes. There is no talking it out. There is no, there's not very little witty banter. It is mostly just Homer doing stuff. That's largely it. And being bad at it. Yeah, and being bad at it. Well, for the most part, until the very end. Um, But there is that joke with the, the wrecking ball that that sound you're on the clip is just it barely touching the armored truck. And the, the what was that? I think it was a moth. I hope it's okay. Th that's yeah. good. That's good writing. That's funny. That That reflects that that is like that's nice that's a nice little bump 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 you know like and it's it's very much a uh, how marge would react yeah i hope it's okay that's nice so homer gets wrecked by the wrecking ball we get a long montage of homer getting hit by a wrecking ball over and over and over again which i think the first time i watched the movie i went oh, okay that's 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 whatever 
uh, you know, it's a little, it's a little cartoon violence, whatever. But after watching so much of the teen years again, it's just like, oh god, another montage is just Homer getting hurt. Like, mm. it kind of gets, it gets very repetitive. So the family is dumped back. They are gassed when they try and put up some struggle, and they are dumped back into the town. And the town has kind of fallen apart, is devolved into chaos, and people are eating each other, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, this is where the family, the family runs, well, the family minus Homer, runs into Mo, uh, and then we get Russ Cargill uh, appearing. Uh, hiya, Midge. Mo, what happened? With the town sealed off from the rest of the world, things got a little nutty here. Why are you dressed like that? Well, I don't like to brag, but I am now the Emperor of Springfield. No, you're not! Yes, I am! Okay, hail Emperor! Attention, Springfield. Your government has realized that putting you inside this dome was a terrible mistake. Therefore, we're commencing with Operation Soaring Eagle. Which involves killing you all. I mean, I wouldn't put it past the U.S. government to do that. But, exactly. Uh, yeah. I mean, the, I don't know. The, again, this is all very kind of uh, generic. I think that's my I, I made a complaint previously. Is Russ Cargill kind of feels a little generic. The only thing special about him is that's Albert Brooks. But at this point, they've kind of taken away a lot of the specialness of Albert Brooks because Russ Cargill just doesn't have a lot of time. Um, so there's a bomb. There's a bomb, Matt. It's a bomb that, there that is. they they a, su- a suitcase bomb effectively. Uh, that they're they've lowered by rope into the into the t- into the town through a little tiny hole right in the very top of the dome, uh, and, the, and, the t- and we have a ticking clock, fifteen minutes, which is not accurate. I don't think. I'm not sure. No. I didn't. I didn't really check if the, the if the amount of time went by. I don't think it did. Uh, at one point, Albert does kick the bomb over and. It loses for time. it loses for five minutes of time, which is just how bombs work. But we have a ticking clock, literally. Homer needs to get inside, needs to save the town for some reason. Um, home, there's a army army guard just kind of standing around outside the dome, and Homer uh, guard people getting in, I guess. Yeah, Homer tries to uh, to to fool him with a not a bad gag. He has a a, do- a doorman's uniform from a hotel that makes him that looks sort of military-ish esque mm-hmm. um but then he only has an order from that's written on a leaf and he just punches the army guy uh and i don't i i don't know like i don't i get i think they just had this joke i don't know why they <laughs> there's a lot of things in here where you're like did that need to be there that's just there for because they had a joke i think and the joke doesn't necessarily deserve it um <laughs> Homer finds uh, he needs to climb up the dome apparently but again no one has tried to climb, d- dig under the dome Matt. not one person that we have we seen try to dig under the dome well no of course not that would make too much sense I it's just at this point he's just screaming at me like they should just dig under the dome guys what are you doing um, but he needs to climb uh, he passes over a reasonably a, a, a perfectly good jetpack uh and grab some super glue uh that's the gag put some put some super glue on his hands uh and starts climbing the dome like spider-man yep he sure does uh again this in a very long kind of laborious sequence here uh homer climbing up at the same time the people in the town uh are beginning to realize like wait a minute 
the there's a hole in the dome now. We just have to get up, up into the through the hole, and we can get out of we get out of the dome, and we'll be safe from the bomb. Uh, and the rope's still there. We can just climb the rope. Uh, they employ Cletus to tr- distract Russ Cargill, which like the last third of this movie, man, is just a case of the dumbs. Like it is just oh the- for sure. I mean, who who says that? The, the camera that Russ Cargill is watching on is in the, the video thing, like yeah, just why, because that's where he is. Secondly, why didn't they just hang the bomb higher? Bombs explode in a sphere. You don't need to hang near where people could actually get to it. I, why does the bomb have a timer? You just drop the bomb for like five seconds. You give it enough yeah, time exactly. for it to like be just above the ground and then it blows up. You don't need to give them a timer. It doesn't make any sense. Um it's just everything's just like this. It's very contrived. Um, it moves very fast, so it hopes you don't notice all this stuff. Well, of course, yeah, yeah, because Homer does his usual thing and screws it up for everybody. Yes, because Cletus is distracting um, Russ Cargill. Distracting. I mean, all this is sneer quotes. Distracting Russ Cargill by doing like a fake magic trick in front of a video screen, uh, while the entire town is climbing up the rope. Um, the entire town that. 30,000 people are going to climb up that rope. Yep. Well, I mean, just the ones who can climb a rope. So most of the kids are out, comic book guys out. I mean, Springfield's a pretty heavy city, and you got to be pretty I, in it shape. Is, it is on the record that Springfield is the fattest town in, in the U.S. So only the few skinny people. So Lindsay Nagel and probably maybe Carl and uh, Sideshow Mel. You're the ones who keep in shape. They'll be able to get out. Everyone else. Like is gym teacher. Gym teacher, Miss Pommelhorst. Yeah. She can do it. I mean, if they really wanted to be nice, they could send a few people up there and they could pull the bomb up out of the hole and then throw it somewhere outside of the dome. Yeah. Um, I consider myself reasonably strong. I don't think I could climb a rope. It's tough, especially especially if it's a rope like that where there are more people on it. If you can do the wrap, uh, the little S shape at the bottom where it's like wrapped between your feet, it's a little easier. But a rope like that, you can't do that. It's all resting on the friction between your feet. And that's that's tough. So, again, case of the dumbs. Everyone's trying to climb up, but hey, it's working. They're climbing up the room, man. Where they don't want us to think about all these logical these inconsistencies. Everyone's getting. They're going to escape until until Homer shows up. Uh, Homer has very not even slowly at this point. He has climbed to the top of this dome in record time. I would say, like this dome would have oh, to be yeah. massive, uh, and he's hand over hand climbing it. He's on. He's on the top. He's made it to the top of the dome. Uh, he is going to go inside. He's going to save the day. And he does that by sliding down the rope, uh, knocking everyone off and pulling the rope down, dooming them all uh, to death and then kicking over the bomb and giving them even less time to try and think of a way out. Um, and that is what I'm going to throw it over to Matt. Perfect timing, just as I cough. Uh, so uh, now that Homer has screwed up everything for everyone, uh, Bart wanders away and finds the Flanderses in church. Okay, boys, when you meet Jesus, be sure to call him Mr. Christ. Will Buddha be there too? No. Hey, Flanders. Bart, how good to see you. And how terrible you're here. Thanks. Listen, I was just wondering if before I died, I could pretend I had a father who cared for me. Come here, son. There's always room for one more in the Flanders clan. So, here we have the almost, the the penultimate scene of the Bart Flanders Homer 
uh, conflict of the movie where Bart finally recognizes that, oh, Flanders is a good dad and Homer is not. And Bart asks to join the Flanderses, which is very heartfelt. It's great uh, pathos to the Bart plot. So, of course, we have to cut across to a bomb-diffusing robot that the police have uh, that is trying to defuse the bomb. <laughs> this is the most sentient robot ever known because it immediately <laughs> succumbs to the pressure and shoots itself in the head. <laughs> Isn't that hilarious, Robbie? Uh, I mean, it had told Wiggum that he was, it was thinking about it. Yeah, that's right. But Wiggum didn't, didn't do believe anything. him. Yeah. Um, let's, let's hope everyone realizes this. If someone talks about killing themselves, you should talk to them about it and maybe get them help. I, also, I, if, if Russ Cargill sees them trying to defuse the bomb, why doesn't he just bring it up a little ways or, so they well, can't it's, reach it? It fell off the like, rope now. No, so it's just uh, it's also Oh, that's right. Now. Homer knocked it off the rope. Okay. It's just on the ground. I mean, we think you have a remote detonation function or something where you set a button and it blows up. Um, or or maybe they should put that, that, that plug that was in the top of the dome that they used to get in. They should put that back in so no one can get it out. Or maybe like they have a bomb diffusing robot who is literally talking out it it says like oh you usually cut a black as the the ground and you cut the blue wire why doesn't someone try and cut a wire like try like yeah what's the worst thing that's gonna happen the bomb explodes it's already gonna explode maybe try and yeah. diffuse it someone could just by accident you could short circuit it um i like I said, this last third, it, like it has a case of the dumbs. It's fine. Yeah, I'm. I'm trying to figure out in most bomb diffusings. Again, this oh, is no. amateur speculation here. Why don't people just cut the power source? I mean, maybe I, you know that that's stupid. That's stupid because it's probably the power source is what's keeping the bomb from exploding. Anyway, I don't. So I, I, back, nah, back let's, to let's the, not the let's not chase this rabbit. It's not safe. I nah, know, we I can't know. do this. Okay. So Homer is wandering around. Uh, feeling forlorn that somehow he's been involved in something terrible that's totally not his fault <sighs> when a light from above shines down on the motorcycle that uh, happens to be there. It can't possibly be the one he rode earlier, but it just happens to be there. It is a motorcycle. Uh, so it is a motorcycle. So he reads, oh, I'll do what I did earlier in the movie when I rode Schro uh, Chekhov's motorcycle. And he's going to uh, ride up the side of the dome. Mm -hmm. it's not a sphere it's just half a sphere so i don't know how he's going to get enough speed to keep going don't but whatever don't think about I, it I know, I know i know i know i uh, know so homer goes to pick up the bomb and then has to make one quick stop in the 15 ish minutes or so no it's down uh, about that it's a down about like three minutes at this point right so he has to go and have a heartfelt conversation with bart where homer begs bart to go with him uh, Bart immediately says no, but Flanders encourages him to reconsider because he's like, your father is uh, reaching out to you. This shows that Flanders is a, again, much, 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 much better father than Bart, uh, than Homer ever could be. Uh, but Bart still says no. Uh, but luckily enough for Homer, he, he offers to let Bart hold the bomb, which, you know, shouldn't do. No, don't do that. I mean, anyway, it, the fact that this works is it's like the really it's the only character driven moment i think in the last in this last like run up to this these all these i guess like successive set pieces this is the only one where it's like no that is the bark thing where bart's like i just want a dad 
who is the same he like he says i want a dad that is the same at the morning and at night i want consistency you know i want it and i want a real parent and you know homer's and flanders is like well your dad's trying and like i can appreciate that like well you don't always get to pick your you don't get to pick your dad you know and you sometimes you got to make do with them just trying real hard and then the fact that what wins Bart over is like, I'll let you hold the bomb. And it just comes back to like, yeah, Bart and Homer are very similar. And that is how Homer would appeal to Bart. It's just like, hey, we're going to die. Let's just do something really stupid while we do it. Yeah. Go out crazy. I mean, mm. if, it's, if it's crazy and it works, it's not crazy anymore. Yeah. So uh, Homer succeeds. Bart grabs the, the bomb and gets on the back of the motorcycle. And then we were treated to an incredibly long action sequence uh, with a quick uh heart to heart uh while they're riding around and around the dome uh to which when they're done uh, homer apologizes for being a bad father bart forgives him and then the town who is all watching homer try this crazy stunt um uh, yells at him to just throw the damn bomb uh, oh sorry it's not the town this is when marge yells at him to throw the uh robbie am i allowed to say it since it's in the movie yes okay marge uses her one bad language moment uh, to yell at Homer to just throw the goddamn bomb, which is pretty good. So that's, I'll that's, give her. I'll give him this. Good. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. I'm. I'm with. I'm with the PG-13 movie. That's that's a good. I'm with Marge on this one. Do it. Yeah. Like this is the time. Like, hey guys, there's a bomb. Maybe focus on that. Yeah. It's like you can do your heart to heart later. So again, super long action sequence where Bart continuously almost falls off the back of the motorcycle, grabbing Homer's hair and ripping it off before. Uh, Homer finally reaches his arm back and Bart's able to grab that. And then they manage to get the bomb out just before it explodes. And thankfully, uh, once again, not how physics works. Matt, if, if Bart Matt, threw it please. out like that, no, it, it would it would continue in an arc over there. So there'd be no chance of falling. No, back. You but don't, again, no it has. There's some spin on it. OK, the spin could have propelled it just off the, to the side of the hole and it could have caught the edge of the hole like it did and balanced. I think that's reasonable to expect. It's possible. Oh, no, what I'm saying, what I'm saying is if Bart had thrown that, Bart had a forward velocity. So as soon as it was out the hole, it would continue going the same speed it Bart and Homer were. So it would have oh, launched saying, itself out of the you're hole saying, and gone you're farther saying it's, away. It's actually too close. It wouldn't have been close at all. Oh yeah, it would have never come anywhere close. Like it would probably have fallen off the side of the dome. Okay. I mean, I, think, I, in, I don't mind the drama in this. I think this is well yeah. done enough. In the interest of narrative drama, uh, it goes up and then does the basketball thing where it, you know, falls around the edge and then falls back just just, just off to the edge so that it doesn't fall back in the hole. And we see the whole town, like, wishing it to fall that way. And then the bomb explodes. Hey, the bomb explodes the, the outside bomb explodes. of the dome. Everyone's the town fine. is saved. Everyone is fine. Uh, but well, the uh, the dome starts to deteriorate uh, because apparently I can't tank one little bomb <laughs> um, like that because <laughs> it's a pretty small bomb, honestly. Uh, and uh, the whole dome starts falling apart. Bart and Homer are able to uh, jump down onto several. Like, I guess the dome is made up of rectangular chunks. I don't, fall Matt, apart again, don't think to... too much about it. This is just I know, this I know. is just we need a way. <laughs> For Homer and Bart to not to what die. Happens. Exactly. So they fall into a couple of those, and then they manage to ramp down into Springfield Gorge, uh, which they ride across and almost make it, yet again, uh, hearkening back to the old, the golden years. Um, but they are able to, I think they catch Homer's underwear. No, on no, no, a, no, no, a no, 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 no,
Bart's slingshot. Yes, yeah, so Bart and is then an active participant in this. Bart Bart grabs it with his slingshot, and then he he grabs onto Homer's underwear, and Homer then grabs onto the motorcycle. That's right, and then they're able to slingshot back around and land, which again would have killed them. But you know, none of this movie not, doesn't kill literally, them. Matt. The moment they are they they there is I don't know. This is five minutes ago. Homer and Bart. <laughs> Or on the motorcycle, and they go down into a storm drain and go up the side of the storm drain and use that as a way to get onto the side of the dome. At that point, the movie doesn't even care. Like, it's, it, I don't think I ever really cared about, like, adhering to real life physics, but at that point, they are gone. There is not, from that moment on, none of this stuff would have happened uh, in real life. And not even, like, all of this is, like, a lot of it I can go, okay, I'll forgive it. You know, it's, they want a big, action set piece to end to climax for the climax of the movie and you're like okay and, but it's just it's not that it's bad it's mostly is this the simpsons that's my that's really where i i want to get to and i think that's the thing that i've the conclusion i've come to about the movie as a whole is it's not bad but is it the simpsons right but i mean like none of this is realistic yeah they would have died a thousand times <laughs> Of course. And luckily, no one died in this. They, they, they remark on the fact that no one died or no one even got hurt until Dr. Nick is crushed by a falling piece of glass. And apparently is the only casualty. But that, that's where I'm going to pass it back over to Robbie for the denouement. Um, I'm pretty sure Dr. Nick is not dead, though. I'm... No, no, they just crushed his pelvis. Yeah, he appears after the movie. <laughs> he's, he's not dead. He's just really, 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 really hurt, but not dead. He's fine. Um, and that's sort of like, okay, so the, we, we're, okay, the, Homer is a hero. Um, he saved the day. The, the town is saved. The town doesn't have a dome over after all, but, uh, and they, the bomb didn't kill anyone except for, I guess, Dr. Nick, even though it didn't, oh, he could just crush his pelvis, you know, I'm sure he's fine. Uh, but... There's a problem. Russ Cargill is still alive. Russ Cargill is still around, and he is there uh, to finish what he started. Now that was a great father-son activity. Hello, Homer. So, we meet at last, whoever you are. There's a couple of things they don't teach you at Harvard Business School. One is how to cope with defeat, the other is how to handle a shotgun. I'm going to do both right now. Wait! If you kill my dad... You'll never know where the treasure is buried. What treasure? Uh, the treasure of I'm a wiener. I'm a wiener. <laughs> Classic. Well, always leave them laughing. <laughs> Goodbye, sir. Maggie! What a great little accident you turned out to be. And thus, the death of Russ Cargill. Is he dead? Given the physics in this movie, probably not. He's probably just embarrassed, but uh, yeah. He, he, would, he stopped from in, killing them this time. In real life, yeah, probably would have killed him, or at least given him severe, uh, severe brain injuries. Um, but Maggie drops a rock on his head, um, and that is the end of the Russ Cargill. Uh, I, I pres I'm going to say that he is dead, Matt, because then he's, since he's dead, the government can just easily can just uh scapegoat and say Blame oh, him it was it was his idea we, he was rogue uh we we disavow everything he did etc etc here's some money please don't uh make this any bigger than it already is um 
of course, that's that's the fake answer, because in real life, the government would not give them any money at all. So Bart and Homer have saved the day. Russ Cargill is taken care of by Maggie. Um, Lisa runs off and finds Colin. Uh, Millhouse is there. Millhouse is there at first to lie and say that Colin is dead, which, you know, yeah, I gotcha. Sure. Millhouse. Uh, Colin's there. Um, this is kind of, again, like, this is just like, oh, well, that's all that was. We don't get more Colin Lisa stuff. We don't get Colin. Like, there's no moments like Colin helps during the, like, if we cut back to, like, why is Colin there at all? Why is Colin introduced? So Lisa has something to do and they don't ignore her. Everyone has something to do. Marge has her plot with Homer. Bart has the plot with Flanders. Lisa has Colin and Maggie kills Russ Cargill (laughs) and will kill again. I mean, yeah, that's it. Maggie is is a a murderer and attempted murderer multiple times. So Uh it's it's the trend. It's not this is not isolated incidents. The town loves Homer. Uh, I don't know why. It's his fault. It's his fault. <laughs> it's his fault that, that that everything was that way. All he did was they. It really should be like, oh, we're even now. You you know, you saved the town after you doomed us. Um, this is also the moment where we get the Homer and Marge reunion moment, which, frankly, I'm gonna be. I'm not. I, I think I f- I sound like very down on this last third of the movie, and I think it's just honestly breaking this into chunks watching it after we've watched all these teen years this moment does not match the same level of drama and involvement as marge's speech on that she had taped no that is that is the best part of this movie hands down and that moment this can't live up to that this this reunion we don't get all we get is homer coming back and saving the day but because of the way that it's demonstrated, I don't really feel it the same way. I, you know, it doesn't feel like the ending of a lot of different episodes of the you know, the Homer and Marge breakup episodes or, 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 you know, teased breakup episodes. Them coming back together at this, like, duff, duffless. You know, like, I think about that. Like, this isn't match that. And it's trying to it's like oh homer march back together they motorcycle off into the sunset everything's okay again um it just kind of feels a little flat to me um it it needs to be here i wish there was some words and honestly i think that's what i would say about a lot of the movie is i wish there was some words um some dialogue that made sense and was meaningful um like we get that huge, that lovely Marge speech, and we get some stuff here at the end with Bart. But Homer, after all that, after all that speech from Marge, we don't get any words from her here. She doesn't say anything about their relationship. Like she says earlier, "Oh, I, I really, despite everything, I miss Homer." And like that's something I want words here. I want, I want Homer and Marge to say words to each other. I don't think that's ridiculous. Well, yeah, because you're at the end of the movie. This is the part where everyone it's almost the epilogue and you need Marge to acknowledge that Homer did something selfless and that's why she still loves him. But we don't get any of that. And we need something from Homer to say that I realized that doing things for other people is important and that's what makes other people like you for one thing. (laughs) And we get none of that. We just get them riding down a tree covered street. Yeah, and it feels like, well, Marge literally is just like, oh, our marriage is over. That's effectively what she said. She's like, our marriage, is, we're done. 
you know, like there's no reason for us to be together anymore. And Homer shows up and does some heroics with a bomb and stuff, but I don't like put yourself in Marge's shoes. What would you think? You know, you'd be like, oh, well, he cares. That's good. And like, and I would like a, you know, I would like a call, maybe a, a call back to earlier in the movie where she forgave him for some, like something. Come on, guys. Um, and then we do get effectively what is the coda to the movie where the family and the Springfield as a whole, they're rebuilding. We see them. They're not, I, you know what I really, really would have liked, Matt? Mm-hmm. I really would have liked to see them drive, be driving with full houses five miles down the road. You know, that would be fantastic. I would have liked that. Just a callback. A callback to, to an, an, the, the last time that the town just got utterly destroyed. Um, but they don't do that. They're just rebuilding. They have Everyone's doing construction, which I guess everyone in town can just rebuild a house, whatever. Uh, and we get a moment here that's... This is a callback to earlier uh, with Homer and Bart on the roof, which I... So I, I don't mind this. Um, but Homer ends up nailing a shingle to his leg and runs away with the and peels off all the shingles of the house with bart laughing uh and that is where we end the movie the movie ends that way again very little dialogue nope i like i'm like i was really trying to find clips but there's not a lot of talking it is lots of stuff happening very little talking very little dialogue and it's like those comparisons to looney tunes have never been more apt and then this last half hour they are it's just so much just action with little not a lot of character um that's the movie there's there's some there's a few like interstitial scenes over the end credits uh which i feel like they're just deleted scenes that they didn't make into they didn't put in the movie but they yeah, like, and then over the credits there's also the family making commentary on it yes um what do you think, Matt? What do you, what are we how do we judge this movie as a whole? What do you, what do you think? It's really difficult because like we said, if you if you can discount the Homer parts, it's pretty good. Um the Bart and Marge plots especially are just fantastic. If if honestly, if Homer acted like a person at all, this would be golden years equivalent easily, easily. But the fact that Homer constantly has to be this weird cosmic fool uh, just drags it down to the teen years so i mean it's 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 good but it could be so much better if they just weren't trying to ape you know looney tunes cartoons for some reason this is it's this is i think gonna how you feel about the movie is gonna represent a lot about how you think about what the simpsons are as a whole and how much you love the how much you are attached to the golden years versus what the show has become and I had not watched, when I watched the movie the first time, I had not watched The Simpsons for years. I had not seen season 16, 17, or 18 at all. Zero of it. No memory of those episodes. I've watched them all for the first time for this podcast. So, I had not watched them. I watched the movie and I went, oh, that's, I thought it was, oh, that's nice. It, it built to something. It had some really good moments, like you mentioned with Barge and Bart. The Tom Hanks cameo, real funny. Albert Brooks is 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 always hilarious even when they give him a relatively kind of a, a minuscule part um but i hadn't watched three seasons of a show that basically did a lot of the same pulled the same tricks it did the same thing wrote homer the same way fills a lot of time with kind of meandering meaningless montages that like 
Homer whipping a dog. Like they, he whips dogs for literally a minute long, just a minute of Homer whipping dogs and the dogs. And he's going, run, run, jump, jump. And you're just like, and then after that, there's a, another long montage of him wandering through the wilderness, just talking to himself in nonsense. And those aren't written jokes. Those are them saying, Hey, Dan Castellaneta improv stuff. Be funny, Dan. Because that's that's what they think is the funny part is is Dan Castellaneta improv like oh he he's a funny guy he can come up with some stuff it's like no you got to write him stuff he's a great actor Dan Castellaneta is fantastic but just unless you let somebody improv for hours at a time and if you're a really talented improver you're not going to get the kind of stuff that you really want no it's not going to be and it's also not going to be constructed jokes and uh, like Dan ha- Dan Castellaneta has done terrific improv off the off the cuff that has made it into Simpsons episodes things that I really think are hilarious but I don't want that in your movie I want you to write things and like there's no there there's no there's not a lot of writing there's a lot of we write a scene and these things happen in it there's a lot of action and you're like sure there are episodes of The Simpsons that end in a big action set piece. Marge vs. the Monorail is a perfect example. You know, the monorail is spinning around and Homer has to lasso, um, uh, not even lasso, just grapple with a grappling. He uses the, the, the M as a grappling hook on the, with the lard lad donut um, to stop the monorail. That is, but in scope, it's so much less than what this is. And uh, the, it, like, I, I was thinking as we were as you're watching the climax of, of the movie, I was thinking like, well, this you know, it's the Simpsons defeating this grand plan using cartoon physics. That's how they win. That's how Homer and Bart stop this. They they use cartoon physics. Right. It, and it and certainly the March of Monorail is also a little stretchy stretch on the, the physics department, but it's not as ridiculous. It's 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 a couple steps below the many many different ways that Homer and Bart would die. You th- I think you mentioned um, Springfield Gorge, man. You think of, like there's all these specific scenes that are com- I compare them back to the golden years. Like at the like when Homer falls down the gorge, he is bloodied. Uh, he is a mess. He goes in. He is in an ambulance. He's covered in blood. Uh, in this. He shake, he takes impacts that would have killed him a thousand times. He's perfectly fine. Uh, I think back to I think back to Kate Fear. Like we Bart needs to foil Bob's plan. So what does he do? They don't have a thirty minute long action sequence. Bart uses Bob's ego against him and has him perform uh, a musical <laughs> for him. And we and in in doing so we get a terrific performance from Kelsey Grammer and a lot of really great comedy um, that feels like the Simpsons to me. I mentioned this movie. It doesn't feel like the Simpsons. It, 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 especially this last third, like that there's those moments with Marge and, and with Bart and there's like, there's jokes in here like, Oh, that's a Simpsons joke. Those are Simpsons moments, but everything, almost everything in this last third, this isn't, I don't know what this is. This isn't The Simpsons anymore. Like, no, it's like a, it's like a feature length Looney Tunes cartoon, basically. Yeah, and like and it, it sucks because they're always inserting all of these moments, uh, like the Bart with Flanders moment, and well, really just that moment, uh, <laughs> this last third, uh, that feels like a real uh, character development, character growth moment. 
uh, that is interesting. The rest is all just action jokeness. I mean, it's basically uh, if they if they had thrown in a a live action person, it could have been Space Jam too. Oh man! Oh man! That's your who? I I was gonna be nice and compare it to like kind of like a Marvel movie, you know, where they always culminate yeah. in a big action set piece in the end. And I was gonna say, well, those are but, but this a... doesn't. This is not a big act. There is one set piece, and that's them on the motorcycle. The rest of this third is just mm. uh, long joke sequence after joke sequence. I mean, Homer does climb the outside of a Homer. Like there's Homer in a with a wrecking ball. There's Homer climbing the outside of the dome with sticky hands. Like that's those are set pieces. I mean, I guess, but they're so small. I don't know if I'd call them set pieces. Set pieces to me need to be big things around which smaller moments are staked. And those just seem like gags at best. I'm just trying to be nice, man. That's what I'm saying. I'm trying to be nice. I know. I know. Uh, but comparing this to Space Jam 2. Oh, boy. Uh, I guess I'm sure someone likes Space Jam 2. Maybe LeBron. <laughs> <laughs> he got paid a lot for it. So <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sure. He enjoyed that part of it. He enjoyed the part where he got a paycheck. Um I, I I don't think I like this movie as much as I used to, uh, and that's I don't know I I there are still really great things in it, uh, and some good jokes and some good laughs, but I and I maybe if I watched it all as a whole I wouldn't feel so bad about it, uh, where I'd go eh, who cares about all the logical inconsistencies all the plot holes at the end because there's so much there's so much dumbness in this last third that everything comes home to roost like all the questions they put off to the end like why are they in alaska like you know why do they choose a place that's so far away and why do they choose this and why do they choose that and all this stuff kind of gets pushed to the end and they're like oh they didn't really answer those questions um and you don't really know why they i don't know i i think if again if you haven't watched season 18 or 17 or 16 of the simpsons you probably think oh this is all fine it's one movie, man. It's just one movie, right? It's just the one movie. Yeah, it is. Just the one movie until you watch all those others. And you're like, oh, they're just doing the same thing. There's very little... I don't know. This isn't Yeah, Simpsons. honestly, at this point, I, I don't know if you're aware, Robbie, but there's a Bob's Burgers movie coming out this uh, summer, mm -hmm. and I really hope they have learned something. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw that, Matt. Um, but, uh, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that, yes, that they, the, the Bob's Burgers people have... They should make the movie like Bob. They should make a Bob's Burgers movie, not a movie that has Bob, Bob's Burgers cast in it, which is effectively, yes. that's what I would call this. I would call the Simpsons movie. It's not the Simpsons movie. It's a movie with the Simpsons in it. Because um, watch. That's March. true, because the, the central conceit of this isn't. It, it could the whole thing with the. Uh, the family polluting Lake Springfield until it wrecks the town. That could be a Simpsons episode. But the whole dome thing and this family leaving, that's not a Simpsons plot. That's just Yeah, every time this, I think that's an important thing, Matt, is like them leaving the, the Springfield for so long. Such a big part of the movie is them leaving. Um, there are obviously episodes of The Simpsons where they leave um, Springfield, like Kate Fear, I just mentioned. Uh, um, uh, you Only Move Twice, obviously, again. But Every time they leave Springfield, it is to kind of emphasize it, it kind of turns back around to emphasize what Springfield is and like why the Simpsons belong there, especially you only move twice. Uh, like everyone is miserable there in, when they move to the, 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 new, the new town, except for Homer. Yeah. And I think that like that's 
I don't know. It, Springfield is an important part of The Simpsons, and the fact that they leave it for so long is kind of it does rub me the wrong way. Wrong way. Uh, I think it but is. Yeah, I, mean, I think. That's, that's I think. Movie. I think there is a question to to to, to answer, Matt. Though. Yeah. What's that question, Matt? You gonna ask me a question? Oh, Robbie, is the Simpsons movie broken? That's the rub, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, is this what they wanted it to be? Probably. Yes, it is. I don't. There's not a doubt in my mind, Matt, that that is the like. Yeah. There's like you could. I could absolutely. You look at some of these episodes we've done recently in the last few years, and you're like, "Is this what they wanted?" I don't know. (laughs) You know, there's you know production rush and stuff like that. Every story you read about the movie is them working on this for years, back and forth, over and over and over again. So there's not, and I'm sure there's pressure from the studio to change things here and there and put Arnold in there instead of Rainier Wolfcastle or whatever. But ultimately, no, this is what they wanted. This is what the thing that they finally settled on. And yeah, I, it's what I don't, I don't, I, I say no, no, it's not broken. I'll say that. I don't think it's a broken movie. I think it makes way more sense than most of the past few years episodes have. Sure, there's a lot of leaps of logic and continuity errors and, and plot holes, but ultimately it still works. Uh, it's not broken, but the question is, like, is it, some, is it the, the movie I wanted? Now, no. Looking back, no, I don't think it is, but that's a different question. I don't think it's broken. That's my gut says, at least. I would agree with you. I mean, this is what they wanted, and this is what we're going to get. And if there is if there is another Simpsons movie, maybe we can try and convince somebody that to model it on one of the better episodes in the newer seasons. It does seem like things are trending better in the past couple of seasons overall, but we've also had a lot of stinkers. So mm. who knows? I mean, Disney at the helm. Maybe we can get lucky, but they'll make another. They're gonna make. I don't know. I don't know. Disney. They're made a lot of shorts. Um, Disney Disney folks shorts lately. I don't know. I, I feel like they probably will eventually push for considering how <coughs> excuse me. Considering how successful the Simpsons have been on Disney Plus, I have a feeling that we'll get a second movie. That's probably. my suspicion. And it'll probably be a Disney Plus exclusive. It may not even go to theaters. Yeah, it's possible. Um so we can move on to our next segment. It's time for Comments on News Group. Okay, here we are. Alt.nerd.obsessive. Constant News Group is where I ask our patrons on patreon.com slash The Simpsons Show to leave their thoughts or reviews on an episode, or in this case, the movie. And we finally have gotten to the last part of the movie, so I'll share the reviews. First from Rich, I have mixed feelings about the movie as a standalone movie, but as an extended episode of a classic comedy series, it delivered. In terms of sheer density of jokes, The Simpsons movie is one of the most consistently funny films I've ever seen. I saw it in the cinema with my whole family. All had a great laugh throughout. Shocking reveal of Bart's doodle got one of the loudest collective laughs I've ever heard. The plot is a strong enough skeleton on which to have hang plenty of gags. The family all get moments of character development. Marge's video still chokes me up. I wouldn't say it's as innovative or genre-defining as the series was in the golden years. It has a little too much in common with the the, the 2000s-era seasons, with side characters being two-dimensional joke machines, some goofy physical comedy that breaks the immersion, and moments where the voice caster has to improvise a little too long past the punchline. But compared to the series at that point, it was as funny as heartfelt as we could reasonably expect. So I think that is fair. Uh, from Alex, I remember it so vividly, the teaser with the Superman logo, then the actual release. I was so hyped. Finally, after 10 years, plus the movie, I think it generally delivered. Still wish Cargo was Scorpio and Wolfcastle instead of Arnie, but Fox Suit's got a Fox Suit. 
it had a good mix of story and jokes, even if the main story was the same of Old March and Homer Marriage on the Rocks. But it was an event for me. Uh, from Derek. Nostalgia undoubtedly colors my perception of the movie. Ten-year-old Derek was falling out of love with The Simpsons in 2007. Season 15 episodes would be repeated on TV ad nauseum for some reason. Getting burned out on bad episodes, I was moving on to the edgier Family Guy and South Park. I remember being reluctant to actually see the film, but I, did, I see it, I did, and I loved it. All these years later, I gotta say, I just can't dislike the movie. The film has all the hallmarks of teen-era episodes with jerk-ass homer acting obnoxious, and the movie is clearly being catered toward the broadest audience possible, yet the film is never less than entertaining, looks beautiful, and sounds fantastic. I feel like it represents the best possible version of the Scully years. Criticisms leveled at that era include a reliance on Homer getting hurt, an abundance of action set pieces, and lowest common denominator humor. The movie has all this, and yet pulls off successfully. I feel like this is what post-classic Simpsons could be if it were tightly written. You're not going to get the sheer comedic and satirical genius of the Simpsons of old, but you are going to be entertained, and if the show absolutely must continue, then I'd rather it be a dumb fun than mind-numbingly dull. Alas for me, at least, the movie represents the last gasp of air left in the show, and its reanimated shambling corpse will soon rear its monotonous visage from season 20 onwards. Uh, what do you mean? I don't... What, what do you mean, Matt? From 20, 20 on? That's what that's what we're about to watch, though. Oh, no. We're in big trouble then, aren't that, we? That doesn't sound good. Uh, from Casey... It would be an understatement to say I was obsessed with the Simpsons movie well before it was ever released. 12-year-old possessed and looking forward even more to her birthday week, July 24th, movie released on the 27th. I created a shrine in my room of promotional materials from 7-Eleven and Burger King that sat next to my complete box sets of all the seasons up to that point. I was never more ready for a movie in my life. I wore my favorite Lisa shirt and got to see the movie before my birthday dinner with my whole family. I remember walking out of the theater feeling satisfied, but not blown away the way I expected I'd be. Oddly enough, a lot of my opinions haven't really changed all that much about it over the course of a decade and a half. I still love all the side plots individually prior to the family's escape. I love Marge investigating and being the over-concerned mother. I love the rarely explored Bart and Flano's relationship. God knows I fantasized about that Coco. <laughs> looks really good haven't we all uh lisa i don't even like coco when i fantasize about that coco it's delicious looking uh lisa and colin is beyond adorable and shame on the writers for not bringing him into the canon which is again another complaint i will have is why don't you make colin in the show now like why is he not in the show he's in the movie just put him in port him right over guys it it sounds like he's voiced by pamela hayden is he not yes that's what i'm saying there's no reason not to have colin around any like he's just have colin around okay uh back to casey the one thing i still cannot stand have never understood is spider pig i love spider-man as is definitely my favorite superhero amen i love pigs especially domesticated ones people keep as pets that i cannot get over his relationship with homer i think it was a weird marketing choice and got even more cringy when they tried to incorporate him into some upcoming episodes other than that, the third act plays out exactly how I could have hoped for. The Carpenters playing over their wedding tape still gets me misty-eyed. My one change that I could have made this movie markedly improved would have been just to make the villain Hank Scorpio. Did none of the writers even pitch this? I think for how long it was in development, it could have been a lot better considering the drop in quality we had to endure while we waited for the long sought-after movie-length episode. But all in all, it's everything you could expect for a story built during some of the darkest years in the show's history. I still always tune in for at least a few scenes whenever it's on TV. Uh, for Benjamin. I was so excited for the movie to be released. They had a contest for all the Springfields of America to submit a video and win a premiere. I was born and raised in a Springfield, and I was fully assured that my Springfield would reign supreme until I saw her video. It was so awful. While I was disappointed with my town, I was not disappointed with the movie. came out several years too late, but still delivered what is essentially a longer episode. has jokes at work and time with several characters, so focuses on the family. 
This is a setting where crazy cartoonishness can never be used to better effect. I liked it quite a bit when it came out, but it's not something I ever throw on or get excited about now. Something about aging another 15 years. The movie it just has too much going on and feels sloppy at times. Not to mention the Native American portrayal. Yikes. It's not by, It's not bad by any means. It is better than the episodes that are around it. And, oh, that's a low bar. Oh, well, we'll see how the next one goes. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, from Hoffa, the movie is a solid B. I like the uncensored jokes like Bart's wiener being shown and Homer's middle fingers. Plus, the plot was the only possible plot. Simpsons have to ruin it and save Springfield. Uh, Spider Pig kept it from being a, kept it from being a B plus for me. Too gimmicky. Uh, from Tim, this is the first movie I saw in the theater after getting married. This, after years of anticipation for both getting married as well as having a Simpsons movie. By gosh, how long was it anticipated? I've seen worse, but in all honesty, nearly 15 years down the road, I don't see the Simpsons movie as canon. I've only watched it once since, but we'll of course watch it again as it, as it is getting reviewed. Bring that back, Doctor Nick. They bring back Doctor Nick. He he he, yeah. he 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 appears again. Not as much though. Doctor Nick did used to be like a very regularly recurring character. He just does not show up very often. Yeah, and then healthcare was brought up, and not in a nice way. It was almost always Doctor Nick. Yeah. Um, from Lauren, I remember going with my brother to see the Simpsons movie. My whole family was excited since the Golden Year Simpsons episodes were and continued to be a staple in our house. Thought it was hysterical the first time I watched it, but on rewatch, it's funny with a simple plot that is successfully executed. Some jokes, like most of Ralph's scenes, Mo declaring himself emperor, Ned's retort about Todd having the devil's curly hair still caused a chuckle upon rewatch. The latter is because my brother has curly hair, so hearing the joke while sitting next to him made it a lot funnier at the time, and now causes nostalgia every time I watch it. The movie also moves at a decent pace, and most importantly, contains a plot that has a beginning, middle, and end, without any overly offensive or wacky scenes. The closest is the quote-unquote boob lady and the motorcycle, but they are not cringe-inducing like so much of season 18. Though it contains Dirk S. Homer, there are consequences, characterization, and heart. This is a solid okay, if not good, so it is awarded a zero shock value. Can we take this general concept and apply it to actual Simpsons episodes? Yes? Maybe? Probably not. <laughs> Amen. Uh, from Matt, I've only watched the first half hour so far, but I have to mention something that always bugged me. Where's the couch gag? First 10 minutes contain so many iconic Simpsons trips. Itchy and Scratchy, The Simpsons, a chalkboard gag, celebrity cameo, side characters, and then the movie just starts. First time I watched this, I was like, so excited to see what exciting, interesting couch game they would do for the movie. Then there was nothing. This day, it's always bugged me that such an iconic part of The Simpsons was mostly forgotten about for the movie. I mean, I can't argue with that. There should be a couch gag in the movie. Frankly, that's how I would have started the movie. With yeah, them, for real. With them the whole running, started that way. I would have started with them running in everyone. I mean, it right to itself. You follow every single one of the family members as they are getting to the couch. And then they, you have this big, long, extended sequence for them sitting down on the couch, a short little gag here, and then you start the movie. with the, there's, They see something on TV, and it starts the plot. Whatever. Heck, you could cut to them watching Green Day sink into the water. There you go. Perfect. On, on the news. Um, or just cut to them watching Green Day performing on the TV, and then they start to sink. And, the Simpsons are, and Lisa says, oh, no, and the rest of the family laughs. Yeah, exactly. Uh, finally, Matt. It wouldn't be complete without Mr. Simpson's writer. Uh, I'm finally going to admit this, that the movie was just a long con to one day get Bart's doodle on Disney+. Plus. <laughs> beautiful. Absolutely that's, that's beautiful. A little, that is, that's some foresight there, envisioning the growth of streaming services and the increasing uh, conglomeration growth absorption of all entertainment that is Disney. Let's try one more number. Yellow? KBBL is going to give me something stupid. Well, hot dog, we have a wiener. Yellow? 
our listener question week this week is what is your most heartwarming Homer Marge moment? Matt, take it away. All right. First up from Matt, not me, different Matt. Why do birds suddenly appear every time you are near? That song always gets me slightly emotional when played. So true. Uh, from Tim, it'd be easy to point to the Artie Ziff episode, but instead I'll go for a couple of times where Marge and Homer simply enjoy each other's jokes and actions. One is the scene at the Gilded Truffle, uh, says in a snooty tone, my name is Fleur. Actually, I don't know what it is, but Fleur is funny, and I'll be your waiter. To which Homer replies, and my name is Homer, and I'll be your customer. Conversely, in The Old Man and Lisa, Marge knows that Mr. Burns went from stinking rich to just plain stinking. All laugh except Lisa, who replies, he's changed, for which Marge says, yeah, he's broke. And Homer yells, give her the floor. <laughs> they do enjoy each other's humor. That's funny. Uh, from Benjamin, the end of Duffless with them running off on the bike and enjoying time with each other to the carpenters. The carpenters are, are big for them. Uh, from Timothy, when Lurleen is singing, I hope that Marge knows just how lucky she is at the end of Colonel Homer still gets me after all this time. Uh, from Matthew, Matt mentioned it this week, but the end of a streetcar named Marge, Homer sees himself at Stanley, has an epiphany, and is contrite. Marge accepts it with grace, and they have a beautiful moment. Oh, that is a good one. Uh, from Andy, near the end of One Fish, Two Fish, Blowfish, Bluefish, when Marge reads the poem because she thinks Homer is dying, when he wakes up in the morning, he's alive, and the happiness they share. Oh, man, back when they knew how to end an episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, from Elliot, once you stop this car, I'm going to hug you and kiss you, and I'll never be able to let you go. And I never did. Uh, from Derek, I think I used this answer once before, but what what are you going to do? Sue me? <laughs> Last year, I watched I Married Marge when selecting an episode at random. Even though it's a revered Stone Cold classic, it had never been an episode that really grabbed me. I don't know why, because that last time I watched it, it really hit me. When Homer put the onion ring on Marge's finger, and I actually felt teary-eyed. What a truly beautiful moment, and Alf Clausen's incidental music just elevates the whole thing. That is one of the things I've noticed about the Golden Years, is that they really put thought into the music to be played. And it's almost there in the movie, just not quite as well. Um, but it, it seems to be less of a concern for them uh, as, as time went on. Uh, from Lauren, this one is always easy for me. It's the last scene of the way we was. Marge, when I got home, I realized who I should have gone to the prom with. Homer, who? Oh, Marge. Hi, prom date. <laughs> Marge, poor Vu. Why so glum? I've got a problem. As soon as you stop this car, I'm going to hug you and kiss you. And then I'll never be able to let you go. And I never have. Uh, from that energy turtle, I love the sweet moments, the onion ring, the post-prom declaration of love in the car, but the moment that truly captures the love of Marge and Homer is in El Viaje Misterioso de Nuestro Homer, where Marge finds Homer in the lighthouse because she just knows him. That's love. Also, uh, thank you for making me say the full name of that episode. Uh, from that, yes, it's Aaron. Three words. Gulp and blow. Two and a half words. Uh, sorry, two and a half words. Uh, at Hippie 200, I realize that it's probably not the most obviously heartwarming moment, but for me, the scene in And Maggie Makes Three, where Homer and Marge dance in the car while eating burgers is fantastic. It's so simple, but they are both so happy, and it just seems so genuine. Oh, man, that's a good one. Robbie, what is yours? It, I, at the end of Duffless, I mean, I really thought about it. I'm like, and yeah. there's a lot of really good con- con- contenders, but the end of Duffless just is so sweet, and it really does represent Homer, like, I think it represents what I see Homer and Marge's relationship as is like Homer is a fl- flawed person who's wants to be better for his spouse. And I think the end of Duffless is that effectively is like, I will try and be a better man for you. And I think that's very sweet. Uh, what is your answer, Matt? Uh, it's going to be the one that they pick several times. Uh, as soon as you stop this car, I'm going to hug you and kiss you. And then I'll be able to let you go. Oh, that just says it all. Uh, next week's question: What is your favorite moment from the movie? We are done with the movie. Uh, we have oh, a boy, little tough one. We got a question from the coda. I have my answer. I think maybe it's like there's two contenders. I have to choose. 
Uh, yeah. Post this question on all our social media on Twitter at Simpsons Show Pod. You can email us at Simpsons Show Pod at gmail.com. And I post this question on our Patreon, which is patreon.com slash The Simpsons Show. We can move on to our next segment. It's time for the new Google Trivia Challenge. I am too smart. I am too smart. SMRT. I mean, SMART. The No Google Trivia Challenge, where Matt and I each challenge each other with three trivia questions, one easy, one medium, one hard, and try and stump the other. Matt is dominating me so far uh, through two episodes. Uh, he probably will continue to do so, because Matt is a genius, and I'm a dummy. I don't know about that. I mean, uh, my my theme this week is uh, Albert Brooks' character, so oh, I know your I, love for Albert Brooks, I so do. we'll see. I'm sure your question's about that hunter he played once. I'll get all. I'll get that one right. <laughs> oh, man, I forgot about that guy. Yeah. Oh, man. Okay, Matt, are you ready for an oh, easy okay. question? I'm ready. Your easy question? These are all for Marge versus the Monorail. Ooh. How much money does Mr. Burns pay Springfield? I believe it's $3 million. You would be correct. All right. Your uh, easy question. What is Homer's least favorite country? Italy or France? France. No one says Italy. Uh, uh, Robbie, you, you have to put the in there. Otherwise, it's wrong. Okay. France. <laughs> okay. No one says Italy. Uh, your meme question, Matt. Who plays Truckosaurus in Truckosaurus, the movie? I believe that is Marlon Brando. That is not a full, complete answer, Matt. Do you have any additions oh, oh, to oh. it? Oh, gosh. Um, I don't. I'm sorry. I I, I know you, there's more to it, but I don't remember what it was. I will give you one point. Because okay. this is a little bit of a trick question. Because it is Marlon Brando, and then in, I believe, the commercial ads on, tax on, celebrity voices impersonated. So oh, it's not actually... Right. It's not actually Marlon Brando. It's okay. It is okay. a impersonation right, right, right. of Marlon Brando. Of course. Uh, your medium question: What do the seniors chant when asked by Brad Goodman? Um, how the seniors? I, Matt, I think. All right. I don't. I don't. Is this something to do with Matlock? It always has something to do with Matlock. It <laughs> seems with the old people uh, in those days. Um, but I don't think it does in this case. I don't think Brad Goodman asked them anything about Matlock. I don't remember Matt. I don't have an answer. I'm sorry. Is we like Roy because they're shouting "Be like boy." Oh, uh, okay, understood. Yeah, your hard question, Matt. What does the welcome sign to North Haverbrook say? Oh gosh, um, it's like home of the something, but I have no idea what it is. I'm not going to waste your time. It is where the monorail is king. Oh, that's right. <laughs> All right, your hard question. What is the Simpsons' address in Cypress Creek? Uh, it's like five number. It's like uh, uh, like one one five one two three two uh, Maple Systems Way or something. You know what? I will give you one point. Ooh. Uh, it is one five two zero one Maple Systems Road. Maple Systems. The Maple Road. Systems part, right? So okay. That's what I mean, I'll take. Man, I'm, not, I'm not. I don't take. You give me a point. <laughs> I take it. I don't. I don't. I don't need to second guess myself. Uh, Matt is still has a trick. I mean, I tied him today, so I'll take a, I'll take, give myself a pat on the back so that I didn't lose even worse. There's that at least. Uh, that's it for trivia. We can move on to our the last second segment. We end every single episode with. It's time for best episode ever. Best episode ever. Best episode ever is a part of our Matt. I rank the episodes categorically, watch them chronologically, eventually compile a list of every episode ever and how good they are. We're not actually adding the movie to the list. Uh, we've been kind of eyeballing a spot for each of these little parts of it um i matt i don't know i'm gonna throw this out here i uh -huh. think this is lower than either of the first two parts 
Oh, absolutely. I would 100% agree. This is the least interesting part. And I mean, that happens to a lot of movies. Your, your, your climax is the least interesting part because it's anytime there's action, it's cool and it looks and it's fun to watch, but it doesn't stick with you the way uh, a lot of other stuff does. Here, I'm going to, I've got, I've got the exact number. Uh, Okay. An exact number. It is, I'll say a, a nice sweet spot of 252. Okay. 252. All right. Well, we're looking at Insane Clown Poppy. I like that. I like that a lot. Uh, right beneath Some Enchanted Evening, which this the, the movie is supposed to be a better version of. But, uh, you know. I, I think it's just, I, I like, there's a big, long spot, right? There's a big clump of season one episodes right there. And this is worse than all of them. <laughs> I think so. I, it's like, I think, I think back to what I said. Like, this doesn't, this especially, this last chunk, it does not feel like The Simpsons to me. No. And I think that's the problem here. Um, uh, I don't know. Maybe I, I at one point I'm going to watch the whole movie again, and maybe I probably will soften because it will be in one big piece and not you know in three chunks or whatever. Um, yes, it was that easy. <laughs> it was. I mean, ranking hard things is generally easier than ranking bad like yeah. good things um we next uh next next time guys we'll be moving on to season 19 i which i have not watched any of i've literally watched oh, zero season 19 things. um our first episode of season 19 is called he loves to fly and he does homer becomes okay. a, a homer becomes a pilot that's the that's the the, the crux mm-hmm. of it homer becomes a pilot uh but we'll I'm 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 sure that they're going to continue that momentum with releasing the movie and releasing a great episode of The Simpsons. I'm sure that's what's going to happen. <sighs> I'm sure it is. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, that'll do it for us. Uh, thank you guys for listening. You can find uh, everything on our website, thesimpsonshow.com. has links to all our stuff, our Twitter, our RSS feed, and our link to our Patreon, um, and a link to this our best episode ever list. You can find me online on Twitter at Robbie Dorman, and my website is RobbieDorman.com, which includes links to all the things I do. I have a new YouTube channel. I'd love for you to go check that out. Subscribe. It's a writing advice YouTube channel. If you're a writer, I think I do really good and succinct advice about how to proceed with a lot of basic concepts, and I'm going to work my way through a lot of stuff. Matt does not participate in social media. You will not find him. Uh, that is true. I spend all of my time uh, that I would spend on social media taking care of kittens, which you can see at Kitten Turns, K-A-T-T-I-N-T-E-R-N-S, if you want to see the most adorable kittens that have ever existed and the scratches they give me. I don't, I've yet to see zero, any scratches on. Oh, uh, you know, that's, that's the special feed. I'm not going to pay, I'm not paying extra for that amount. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, with that, I am Robbie. And I'm Matt. Thank you, Bartos. Shh. Shh.